Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Welcome to another episode of Fuel Pasión Podcast, where it is all around la cultura, faith, y conexiones. And always know that you can always check us out at fuelpasionpodcast.com. And I am the MC host and also founder of this wonderful show. So I'm really excited because of the fact that we have an opportunity to be able to bring to you guys our first guest that's a doctor. And I think that as we understand this season two of refueling, one of the biggest important things that we need to understand is really mental health. But what does that look like? How do we approach it? What is this self-care, soul care that we always seek out to be able to reset? And also, if you are in church ministry or in a professional entrepreneur set, how do you keep yourself aligned and always consistent, but more importantly, take inventory of what you're doing? So much that we can say about this, but let's just get into the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, ahora la música. You know, one of the things that I was really looking forward to as we got to this episode was asking myself, what, who can I bring that can be able to speak really to this important aspect of mental health? How does that show up in church? How does that show up in your family? How does that show up in your community? How does that show up in work? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited to be able to bring to you guys Dr. Tanya Paniagua, where she's truly tiene una corazón to be able to encourage others to flourish into all that God has called them to be in their personal, let it be spiritual, academic, professional lives. She has been dedicated to the mental, emotional, and spiritual health of individuals. And she, as she wholeheartedly believes that we are called to live in the fullness of God and taste, I love that, que poder probar a piece of heaven while here on earth. Tanya is truly someone that's very academic and we have the opportunity to be able to share this conversation with you guys in this episode. And just to let you guys know, she is a founder of Breath of Life Foundation and she'll get into it. But if in case you just forget, I want to let you know they are an organization that is all about striving to lead hurting people to hope in heart, mind, body and spirit. Also equip others to be able to do the same. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, vamos a la conversación and let's really see and understand. And I hope you guys enjoyed. This was an, a great moment that we had an opportunity to be able to kind of like sit at the table and kind of talk about what it looks like to be mentally healthy. You know what? Let's get into the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor uh, really just to have a good friend and more importantly, not just a friend, but una doctora, doctor, ladies and gentlemen, Tanya Paniagua, who's joining us uh, on this episode. I'm so excited to have you on this episode because we've been talking about how do we refuel now that we've been coming out of this pandemic, even though we're still in it, right? But, you know, for us, it is really exciting to know that, you know, a lot of the listeners say, hey, we want to be able to refuel. We want to be able to understand what did that look like. And for many that know, like we believe in the cultura, we believe in faith y conexiones. But more importantly, I want to think about, you know, from, a, you know, a doctor's perspective, from a faith base. But just, you know, again, like you guys, she ain't no joke. You know what I'm saying? Like she went to the University of California in Irvine, uh, where she got her, you know, her Bachelor of Science, uh, you know, there. And then recently, uh, I know that you just got your PhD, if I'm correct, from Liberty University, right? 
My doctorate from yeah, Your doctorate. From University. Yeah, it's a doctor of education. Yes. So with that being said, give us just a brief bio of who you are. Uh, you know, I don't want to take all your thunder. I want to be able to name your husband because you you got an amazing family. You know, uh, but more importantly, just give us a brief bio of who you are, uh, your foundation, and a little bit about your family. Yes, thank you. Um, thank you for having me. I am really excited to be here. And like you said, like good friends that get to catch up and and just share together. So um, first of all, and foremost, I am a daughter of the king. That's who I am. And I will tell you the things that I do. Um, and it took me a long time to learn the difference. Okay, so um, I am a wife and I have uh, four children, uh, 29, 24, four, 15 tomorrow. Um, and 13 years old. And then I have a grandbaby who is two and a half and I have another grandbaby on on the way in oh, April. Wow. So, yes. So that's my, uh, my, the wife role, the mother role and the grandma role. And then educationally, I am a doctor of education in pastoral counseling and community care. Um, what does all of that mean? It means that I uh, get the privilege of marrying theology and psychology. Um, so we say that, say that once again. Yes, yes. I get the privilege of marrying psychology and theology. I love it. So taking two disciplines that have really been uh, taught to us on polar opposite ends of the spectrum, where they are not supposed to be taught that way and bringing them together for the fullness uh, and the integrity of the holistic approach to health, which is mental health, emotional health, physical health and spiritual health. So when we look at an individual, and even if we look at Jesus's life, he came in all of those and he battled in all of those different areas. So I get to do that. Um, and I just finished my doctorate in December and my thesis, uh, my whole dissertation was um, marital satisfaction in Hispanic or Latino um, couples. Uh, and their spouses and predicting factors. So my passion um, is to really come alongside pastors and Latino pastors and help them build strong, healthy, thriving marriages um, without sacrificing. Because I know in ministry, we've been taught a lot in our cultura that you need to sacrifice one thing for the other. And it really isn't that sacrifice. It's really finding the order the right order, God made things in order and the right balance and understanding what takes priority. And so um, shifting that mindset and in that breaking the stigma of, of mental health and counseling in our Latino culture. Um, we've been taught that los trapos sucios se lavan adentro de la casa. You don't mm. hang those out. You don't share your dirty laundry with people. And so this isn't about sharing dirty laundry. This is really about having una charla, a conversation, create a safe place where people can come and just deal with some issues, some insights. And this was all birthed from this, uh, this gifting that God gave me of just counseling. I've had people along the way in my, in my life, different pastors that have identified that aspect and that gifting in my life. And I didn't really, I, I walked in it, but I didn't have the education part of it. And I did have the pastoral calling. I had the counseling calling and it wasn't until we went to, we were church planting that my husband was studying in Fuller um, that I really was like, Hey, I want to go back to school and I want to be the best counselor for my church. So I started to do my master's to be the best counselor in my small little church plant. It wasn't big. I wasn't looking for anything more than just that. And quickly the Lord started to send youth pastors that were dealing with domestic violence. So they were teaching Friday nights to their youth and would go home and beat each other up. You know, and so 
they started to come and I didn't even know them. It wasn't from this place of like, oh, I know Tanya is a counselor. It was word of mouth and somehow they ended up in my space. And then after that, people dealing with pornography. And then the Lord said, I have, I'm asking you to train yourself for the capital C church, specifically the Latino culture. You're going to create a space for them to come for my church, my, my, my church, my bride to come and find a safe place for them to deal with some of these issues. And I said, whoa, that's a big task, Lord. I just wanted to do this for my small <laughs> church. I was like, me? Yeah, me, little Tanya, I just can't do that. So I continued to walk and I continued to face my own fears and my own issues in my master's. My master's became the most expensive, <laughs> the most expensive counseling therapy sessions that I had for myself for two and a half years <laughs> of really dealing with stuff that I didn't think I had left in me from my past, grieving things in my childhood and really just bringing all of this together. Um, fast forward, I go into, I did my, um, I did some internship hours at uh, Templo Calvario in Santa Ana. They created a, a space and it, it literally was a closet mm. closet where the janitors kept their stuff. They emptied the closet and they created it an office space. Wow. What, so symbolic of coming clean with your junk. Mm. So symbolic. Wow. wow. I, I thought you were going to go like a little different route, but man, yeah. that, that itself is something that's really interesting. So it, the journey that as you're going mm -hmm. fast forward is now brought you to a foundation that you started. Tell yes. us a little bit about it. Yeah. So in this process, this task becomes so big that God's like, I need you to train more people. So I move over to another church with Pastor Josh Chavez and Revive Church. And I said, hey, I need I want to be a pastoral counselor here. And he's like, uh, I want to create a space for you to just see pastors and people from all different places. I don't want to limit you. I don't want to be a ceiling for you. As soon as we did that, people started coming. I started to see people from 40 to 50 churches. I needed to train more people. No so I started way. to. to this started to then brew into this idea of something more has to happen. And that's where breath of life happened. Once I said yes to that, I had my pastor's blessing, obviously my husband's blessing. We did all that at the end of 2019. In January of 2020, we launched Breath of Life Foundation, um, where we offer, hope, we, we offer hope to those that are hurting. So we lead the hurting to hope. And we do that in, in mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And we equip others to do the same. So we offer pastoral counseling, mentorship, coaching, speaking, um, and we deal with whether they're individual issues or maybe issues in the church and how do we, how, how do we navigate these different things that, that, that pastors are facing in the church. And then uh, I, I started to get my interns and then the pandemic happened. And I said, okay, Lord, well, maybe you're going to put this on the back burner. No, he brought us right to the forefront. He started to bring um, other counselors that were interested in working with me that were licensed, uh, uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. And he started to bring the army. And we went in one year, we went from having uh, two people on the team to having 19 people on our team from a prayer warrior group for media, all these different wow. things. And the Lord started to bring people from all the different parts of the United States, Spanish and in English in Mexico, Honduras, Colombia, and even in Korea that we started to do counseling. So we just so, going international. International, yes. Last <laughs> year, we saw close to 2,000 sessions that we had through Zoom. Amazing. Amazing. We saw people's marriages restored. We saw people that were heading down suicidal road to come down to a place of like, oh, no, there's hope, anxiety, how to parent my children in the pandemic. You know, how do I grieve? 
the loss of so many things. And yeah. so, um, and I couldn't do that in myself. I mean, I needed a team and I, and, and the team is what really what made it, made us stronger. And we're, we've been able to do that and equip it. And now we're going to take it over into the next place where we're now going to open up the nonprofit. This is not the nonprofit. This is the organizational part. Correct. Well, now we're working towards a nonprofit part of it. Um, so that we then can tap into the government grants to now start offering those services to the low income. Um, the ones that maybe don't have the resources to do so and start offering more um, just free resources. We want to resource our pastors in our communities. So that's where we're at right now. We're looking also into um, developing our own curriculum uh, so that we can provide those and walk alongside. So basically we are an arm to the capital C church pastors are not sometimes are not trained, but also it's, it's a heavy load yeah. to carry this burden and then they get stuck and they can't keep moving the church in the direction that God's called them. So we want to be an arm to help that help them where they can then refer them to us. We can come and help them and get them healthy and then go back to their churches so that they can fully serve what God has called them to serve. So Man, that's a for, bit about for those that are listening or watching, I, I need you to understand. And I think the beauty of the show is that we have both, you know, faith-based people as well as people that haven't met God yet, or maybe they don't go to church, whatever the reason is. Here's the underlining thing that we see, right? There's a need for mental resources, right? There's a need for reestablishing and really healing relationships. And I love it because one, you speak about it being personal for you, right? On your journey of where you're at now. But then two, now that you've been, and I think people don't understand, I know many people that have left the church because they couldn't find the proper guidance, the proper counseling. And I think what you guys are doing at Bread of Life, and more importantly for you, Dr. Tanya, like I think for me, it's important to understand that one, you said it earlier that you, this was a passion of yours, right? So clearly you fuel, no pun intended, you were fueling yourself through the educational route. And yeah. now the beauty of it, and I think this is where a lot of like young listeners that I have, you know, we, so the dynamic of our, of our listeners that we have a lot of them that are professionals, they're in the thirties, but a big majority of them are 18 through 22. So mm -hmm. like my, my audience is almost 35% like young, young adults. So for me, I think that if you're leading into a space professionally, but a lot of you that are faith-based, right, that maybe you're leading a ministry, let it be for students or let it be for young adults, or maybe you are planning a church, right? It is vital of mental awareness and having a healthy state of mind, but also spiritually too. So for me, I guess my question for you, why, why is it that, you know, in your studies, you know, and I know that you've done really great work in your dissertation with couples, but when you think about in general, why is it that people don't understand the importance of mental health? Like, why don't we seek it out? Is it something that you've seen or is it something that we just, you know, you said it earlier, los trapos, you know, se quedan en la casa, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I don't understand it, right? Because as a Latino family, right? Me being Latino, my wife Latina, like there are other moments, right? Where we just really need to address those moments of like, hey, I'm not feeling too good and it may not be spiritually just mentally and that space is different for us right so yeah. why is it so important and maybe what are some of the things that you would maybe suggest or throw out there for people that maybe are struggling with mental health and maybe for some of them are struggling and they serve in churches mm -hmm. yeah so to, to answer one of your questions um the the reason why in, in the studies and also just coming to to understand more understanding through my studies of the reason um, that why people don't address mental health because it has this stigma associated to it, which leads them to think that they are crazy. So if you have a mental issue, you've lost it. And that's the way we've been trained. 
And so that's one. The other way that we've been trained just culturally, whether it's in the Latino culture, any culture, just culturally and in society, we've also in the in, in the church, especially if we have a mental issue, we may our faith is not strong enough. We don't have enough faith to believe that our thought process could be okay. So just like the body needs its attention, the mind needs its attention, the spirit needs the attention. So it's now coming to this place where we're understanding this because we're like, oh wait, we can't just pray off anxiety. Prayer is consistent as a believer, but prayer or faith without action is dead. Mm. And the action is let's pay attention to what is indicating in my mind that perhaps I'm just going through this loop in my mind of replaying this narrative. That's not true. So what do I need to break that? So faith gives me power to break that, but I have to actually put the the work into it to break it Mm. and be set free from that. So those loops in the mind that can cause all these different mental health issues. I mean, they could be genetic, right? So even on the faith side of it, it looks like a generational curse, a psychological side, it's a generational pattern. So we'll see So we see the complement together. Um, so we see that the validity of both, um, it could be that it could be, um, so it could be genetics. It could be trauma, someone, you know, it could be trauma where physical trauma, where you've hurt your head, you've actually fallen on the head and something has happened. It could be um, trauma where you have seen something and it has completely impacted your life, whether you've seen it, you've experienced it, you have witnessed it, whatever the case may be, trauma is different for each person. So a, a large percentage of our client base has dealt with some type of trauma and it doesn't have to be sexual trauma, but sexual trauma is very prevalent in, in this relationship to mental health issues. Um, it could be um, unknown fears, uh, relationship issues, insecurities. So all of these things that somehow are bringing extra stress in our life that we can't get a hold of then creates this loop of a negative narrative that we need to break. So it's very much like, hey, if I am starting to feel like I'm getting overweight, I got to do something about it. Like praying isn't going to get the extra weight off. I got to be intentional. I got to do the exercise. I got to watch my nutrition. I got to sharpen myself. I got to do self-discipline. Same thing with the mind. Same thing with the mind. The brain is an organ that is so complex and has so many pathways that we have to be very intentional on how we're sharpening it. And if we're not sharpening it, then guess what? Things can happen. So there's many different things that that constitute um, reasons of why we have mental health issues, but mental health in itself is is very comparable, comparable to physical health, spiritual health. It's another discipline that has just been put on the wayside. And because it has, now we're seeing, hey, no one's really paid attention to your mental aspect. No one's taught you how to really sharpen that mind. And there are techniques on how to sharpen your mind, just like there are to build physical muscle. We got to build those muscles so that we can break out of those negative loops. You know, it's so good. This is is so good. I I think one of the things that really you kind of spoke about was kind of like that the the physical trauma that's not just sexual uh mm-hmm. you know some people do know that i actually came down so i had like a mental breakdown for the first time in my life because i ended up having covid 
So mm. I got COVID, uh, didn't know. I actually didn't know that I had COVID. So I came down with the, well, I thought it was a flu. So I came yeah. down, I was really sick. And it wasn't until literally July 21st. I still remember it. I could not breathe. There was like literally someone stabbing me in my chest. And mm-hmm. that's when I knew something was wrong. I said, okay, something's wrong. My wife had isolated me when I had the fever, but the fever had went away. I never had a cough, but all of a sudden I just couldn't breathe. Fast forward, we go to the ER, shout out to Torrance Memorial Hospital, and they end up finding out that I had pneumonia. So then, mm-hmm. then the, the doctor starts asking questions like, hey, you know that one of the biggest side effects of COVID is actually pneumonia. So they did the test. I did test positive, but you know, I'm really grateful, thankful to God. You know, he said, you know, you already survived COVID. The doctor said, Mm -hmm. he's like, we need to work on your pneumonia. He goes, that's Mm -hmm. what I'm concerned about because Mm -hmm. you know, once you get a higher in age, like there's other complications, which I totally get it. But I think what's interesting that you brought up is that for me, I was still like, oh my God, I got COVID. So it was, and it, it almost gave me, and the reason why I broke down with like a mental moment was because I had a survival's remorse. Mm. So like that, like, it was like, why did I survive this? Like, mm-hmm. why, why didn't my friend's dad who passed away, how come his dad didn't survive his same situation? You know, like all the, and, and I just remember I was caught in a place and I didn't know what to do. I just, I remember it broke, broke down and I'm grateful, like, to your point, when you have a healthy relationship in a marriage and there's always ups and downs, right? We know that like little ebbs and flows, like, you know, like, Hey, you didn't put this stuff away, you know? Oh my God. You know, stuff like that. Right. That That's what, that, to me, those are like the, the minor slash majors. Right. But I think the beauty of what I'm grateful about my wife is that I remember her telling me, cause she has anxiety. So like, she'll have those moments. She'll, she'll communicate to me, you know, and, and there's different methods, right? Like I, I don't, I don't have anxiety, but when I broke down and I remember I was in tears. I remember my, my wife was, she was amazing. She was there. She didn't tell me anything. She just counseled me. Right. It's just the sheer presence, right. Uh, of a loved one or someone that cares, I think for me really helped me. And then, I mean, it just, it, it hit me hard. And then fast forward, I remember I was at work. We had a grand opening of a store. It was my first time in eight weeks that I saw so many people and I had an anxiety attack and I fled the scene. I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was having a heart attack mm-hmm. and I freaked out and I broke and I just cried out to God. I'm like, God, what the hell is going on with me right now? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do. All that to say, it's interesting that something as simple as like going through COVID and pneumonia, it was still something that hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I think for me, it wasn't until I actually called you know, my job, we have like an employee assistance program and I actually had a chance to talk to somebody mm-hmm. that I actually was like, okay. And again, I think, and I, and I share this because I think there's a lot of us to your point that either we're prideful or we just don't know and we don't mm-hmm. want to share or we don't want to like seek the help, mm-hmm. you know, like it's okay not to be okay sometimes. Yeah. Right. It, really. I, I tell, I tell my clients that they're my biggest heroes. Everyone has an issue. We that. all deal with issues. Yep. The ones that decide to do something about them, those are my heroes. There it is. They want to change the narrative of their life. We all have issues. We all have some, even if you had the best childhood, there's an issue. Yeah. Because there's conflict. There's tension. There's job situations. There's this, did I not make that job? Someone passes away. All of those can be, cre- they, they can create an issue. And so some people have capacity um, because of the different healthy relationships and even that the healthy self-esteem and, and their connection with God, 
that they're able to process that on their own. Others may not, and that doesn't disqualify you. Some people, let's go back to this, this physical aspect, can lose weight on their own. They, they're disciplined, you know, they, they can do their diet, their journal, they're working out all on their own. But how many of us don't need a trainer? And how many people don't spend money on a trainer? Because they need the accountability. Yeah. They need someone to say, you got this. They need someone that when you feel like you don't want to get out of bed, that you know you're going to show up because they're going to be calling you. That's very much like a counselor on the mental side. Like mm. I need a trainer to work out. And if I have something in my mind, I'm going to, I'm going to go bounce some things off of a counselor. I never, even as a doctor ever profess to be an expert in anybody's life. You're the expert in your life. So when you come, you're the expert of your life. I'm just going to come. You're going to bounce some things off of me. I'm going to be like, Ooh, that might be a roadblock that I'm seeing. Ooh, that might be something. I'm just helping you see it from an outside perspective to help bring it to the surface so that you can make the connections and decide what you want to do with them. And never do I come and tell you, this is what you have to do. Cause it's your, it's your story. It's not my story. I did my work. Remember I did two and a half of very expensive therapy in <laughs> masters. And even in my own life, I mean, I come from like, I was, you know, pregnant at 15. I was married at 16. You know, my, I, I had some miscarriages. My husband, my first husband had an affair with my best friend in church, you know, broke that whole marriage off. I jumped into another marriage. You know, my, that husband was unfaithful, but the Lord restored that relationship. I had two more children. I mean, I had lots of things coming on. Why? Because I never stopped to look at myself in the mirror and say, Hey, there's an issue here. My grandfather was an adulterous man. My father was, my first husband was, my second husband was. Who's the common denominator? I am. Mm. But what patterns have I picked up that are normalized in my system that are not normal? What's broken in me that attracts these kind of people? That takes a face, like a hard look in the mirror to look and ask those questions and go through the self-exploration process. That's mental health. That's me deciding, hey, I don't want to repeat this and I don't want my children to repeat this. So I need to step in and start to look at these things. That's mental health. That's going into my mind. How, why am I thinking this way? Because then what you think drops into your heart to what you feel, which then affects your behavior. And so it's checking thinking, feeling, behavior. And that's counseling. That's mental health. So that, that's that been my passion on like helping people really take ownership of their narrative. And some people, you know, we've some people have harder lives than others. Why? I, I can't answer that. I'm not God. I can't answer that. What I can do is come alongside them and say, that doesn't have to be your story. If Mm -hmm. you're having anxiety, if you're having depression, if you went through a divorce, you know, if you went through sexual trauma, I'm sorry, but that doesn't have to be your story. That's just part of your story. So let's heal that. Let's scar it up. Let's use it as one of your war wounds to say, Hey, this is where I'm at now. This is what I get to do with that piece of my story. But we have so many people that are just keeps trying to peel those scabs off and make themselves bleed because they don't want to heal. And they don't, maybe they don't know how to. And so that's been my life mission to come alongside people and see how can you be the best version of yourself for you? Not for anybody else, but for you. And then out of that overflow, oh, you're going to have good relationships. You're going to be a good husband. You're going to be a good wife. You're going to be a good parent. You're going to be a good student, you know, and, and so forth and so on. So that's just been the thing of, I, I think I didn't have that support when I was dealing with all of my stuff. And I share my story very openly because I'm not coming from a doctor. I'm not coming from a reverend because I have a license as a reverend. I don't, I'm not coming from that. I'm coming from a place like, 
I remember how broken I was and I wish I would have had someone to come alongside me, not to tell me what to do, but to help me through some of these blind spots. So I wouldn't have repeated the same thing again and then led my older kids through some hell issues that I did, which then I had to go ask for forgiveness, you know? So I share that because it's, it's someone that's listening. Like if you're dealing with this, like you're not alone, you know, you have here, no hand, you have me, you have breath of life that can come alongside you to listen to you and really listen to understand you where you don't have to prove yourself, you don't have to defend yourself, you just, this is how I am, I really don't even know the answer. But what can we do so I can get out of this situation? I wanna kinda like transition, I, I do have a couple of the more questions, but I, I really quickly, right, I know um, I had the opportunity, we both know Dr. Larry Acosta, <laughs> and I had the chance to do the 90 degrees, and I remember one of the biggest things that I think wholeheartedly helped me as a leader husband a father was really understanding soul care and i i want you you know for those that are listening and watching why you know i and i know that you know when we think about now it's trendy right like oh soul care sundays you know like i get it right which i'm a hundred percent for that right but i know not everyone understands the importance of soul care right Mm -hmm. so in, in you know for you what would you tell our listeners that like, why is soul care so important for each and every one of us? Yes. So, um, soul care or slash self care, however, however you want it, whatever, whatever name you put that is actually not an option. It's a requirement for healthy living. Can you say that one more time? (laughs) Soul care, self care is not an option. It's a requirement for healthy living. healthy, thriving living, like all around. Mm. So if you look at it from a biblical perspective, like the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself, as yourself, we forget as believers to take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. We have this sense of, oh, I got to sacrifice myself so I can be there. Like, because no one else is going to be there for so-and-so person. And, and we have this superhero mentality that we're supposed to out and rescue in the whole entire world at the sake of sacrificing our own. And actually we're not God, so we can't do that. He's the only one that can sacrifice himself for the salvation of others, but we can't do that because that then shows us that we still have a dependency, that we still have to take care of ourselves to be wholeheartedly in not just physical, not just spiritual, but mental and emotional as well. So that we can give the best full holistic version of ourselves to whoever it is that we're that we're taking care of. So so what does that look like? I know a lot of people like to take like a day for it. Um, And I love that if you if if you're able to do that. Awesome. But I would really encourage you to include that on a day to day basis Mm. that you will naturally have a rhythm to create space for you not for what you have to do as a a spouse, as a mother or a father, as a student, as a worker, none of that for you. So what could, what does that look like? Something as simple as turning on a candle and sitting down in silence for like a couple minutes, that's taking care of just resting and bringing everything down. Like uh, something I've been doing lately are Epsom salt baths. I'm like taking all the toxins and all of the, the heaviness of this stuff out. You can take warm showers. You can take foot baths. I mean, you can go for a walk. The best way to do soul care is to find your sacred pathway. Mm, I love that. Sacred pathway. How are you designed to connect to your creator? Mm. Not everyone is designed to do this in isolation and quiet and on the knees praying. And if you're not a believer, this What's your pathway? What is the, what's the way that brings your soul to rest? 
right? Some people need nature because they're created that way. Some people need to be in music because they're created that way. Some people actually need to write it. Some people need to speak it. Some people need to start. They're so up here on the busy task to do. They just have to sit down and be quiet. And so there are so many different ways, but please understand that it is a requirement to thrive because you will burn out. Yeah. That it, which is so true. It's funny you say that because this is why I knew that this was going to be such a great conversation because it's funny because I've had a lot of people tell me, man, like, Noan, how have you done ministry for so long and you have another job professionally and you haven't burned out? And it was because I learned early that sacred pathway, that rhythm. Like, I've learned that. And this is for a whole other conversation. I also learned how to delegate and how to yeah. empower others, right? Yeah. So I think for me that that's something, which thank you for that. And I, I want to segue, right? This is for me, like it, it it's completely an honor. And I, I wanted to land like on the first week, first couple of weeks in March, because, you know, for me, uh, my mother and father, they divorced. Mm. And my abuelita was who brought me up. And to me, she's my shiro, right? Mm. She's the one that... You know, she she's the one who taught and instilled in me that there should be equity for men and women. She used to tell me stories that she didn't get paid the same. And she was a manager back in the day. I mean, back in the day, it was a lot worse for, for men and women when we talk about, you know, the, the inequality of equal pay. And I, I shared this because as we celebrate Women's History Month, I'm speaking to Dr. Tanya, right, mm -hmm. who is doing this amazing work. And you're an amazing mom an amazing wife, you're an amazing servant of God. What, what does it feel for you as a woman of God, right? Mm -hmm. How does that feel for you to know that one, you're creating history on a daily? Mm. And how does that look like for you to hopefully continue the legacy instilled in your family? Because you got some amazing women in your life, mm. right? So mm. I just want to know what is that, you know, how does that feel like for you, knowing that you're now creating history, um, mm -hmm. you're you're creating this legacy of family, but more importantly, of some amazing women? How yeah. does that feel for you? What what is some words of inspiration for some of our women out there that are you know seeking success in that? I, you know, I'm throwing it out there to you because I yeah. I think that's something that's so important for many women to be reminded that God mm -hmm. loves them and that God sees greatness in them, and you know, and here we are, we got you know. We have mm -hmm. you here and it's super exciting. And I would love for you to be able to share your thoughts on Women's History Month. Yes, absolutely. Um, how do I feel? I feel humbled. I mean, this actually this morning. So my this morning I had that that moment with God. So my birthday is tomorrow. I turn 46 years. I'm 46 tomorrow. Hey. And yes, 46 years old tomorrow. And my husband gathered some of the girls from my team and surprised me yesterday with our family. And and I, it was all in the midst of all of that. And I was looking around and just being, you know, having fun. But this morning I was grabbing some water and I had a moment at the refrigerator and I said, Lord, like, wow, I just felt very overwhelmed and humbled. And I just started to cry and I just started to say, thank you. Thank you because I never thought I would be here today. Thank you because I had to fight so hard to get here, not necessarily for equality issues. That wasn't my, my fight was my internal battle of brokenness. That's where like of brokenness, dysfunction, family, teenage pregnancy, you know, almost losing my baby. Like, I mean, I fought hard, even in toxic times, I fought hard. So to be here was so humbling and be like, <clears throat> oh my goodness. Like, and so, and not even that, that I, that I made it that, but my greatest joy is empowering others and fanning their flame. I want the people on my team to be better than me. 
I want to help them fully live out. Like if they're with us for a season, awesome. If they're with us for a lifetime, awesome. Like I want them to fully like do what they've been called. And that for me is like, wow, like we get to impact history like that. And then my legacy, because I come from a lineage of teenage moms that standing in the gap and breaking that generational curse or pattern in my, in our life, in our lineage to now see my grandbaby as like, this is the generation that's not going to suffer that anymore. This is what I'm working for. My daughter is not going to do this. My, my daughters and my grandbaby, I'm getting to see it out now, another generation and teaching others when they want to give up, like lifting up my grandbaby and saying, this is what we're doing it for. Let's, I, I get the equality issue and I get the women, you know, that women, we need to be empowered. I get that. But more importantly, let's focus internally about what we have to do about ourselves to make us have the capacity to sustain it when it gets there. Because mm. sometimes our fight is so external, like, oh, because they don't give us an opportunity. No, but man, if you stay faithful to working on yourself, to getting yourself prepared, yes, he promises that he will put us in there. I didn't have to fight equality. I didn't have to fight any of that stuff. I mean, I had to, de I had to deal with it even as being a Latina. I've had to have people like look down on me and not treat me the same, but you know what? That's what, this is the place I am. I'm going to keep just doing, being faithful. I'm going to, I'm going to prove that I'm not going to be a teenage mom. That's going to be on welfare. I'm not going to be a statistic. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to show it. So what did I do as a teenage pregnant mom? I then got a full scholarship to go to UCI because I showed them that even pregnancy, I still was going to get straight A's. I wasn't going to let that be my crutch. So I had to do that for myself and show myself that I can have the capacity. And I believe now is, this is the reason why breath of life is in existence today. And it wasn't when I was 30, I didn't have the capacity then to sustain this because I was so broken. So I would encourage those listeners. I know women that there's a fight out there. I know we are made equal before God, but we definitely have different roles. We yes. have the same value, but different roles. And sometimes we want to shift that. And when we don't understand that, then we're out of alignment. And when we're out of alignment, the blessing doesn't come. Mm. My blessing didn't come for me trying to go over my husband. My blessing came because I understood the alignment. I understood that there was this beautiful spiritual covering. I don't have to worry about leading my home. I get to worry about what I have to do for me to create a, an environment and atmosphere in my home so that everybody flourishes. So understanding that I speak that to even those that are out there to understand their, their value as an individual person, like work on your self-esteem, work on your self-worth, work on those areas where instead of blaming others, like do an internal inventory. What is with me? Like when I walk in a room, what kind of, what kind of impact do I have on people? Do I give life or do I suck the life out of others? Mm. That's where you start to see where you are in life and what you get to work on so that you can then create capacity to sustain being able to have something like breath of life. And this is just the beginning. Like I'm already training my daughter cause she wants to be a child's, um, a, a child's counselor. So she wants to do what mom does, but for children, I'm training her already at 14. Like, like when mom goes, do you want to take breath of life? Like, this is going to be yours. Like I'm going to continue. This is yours because this isn't belong to me. This is all God's that he's given to us and we get to nurture it and, and empower the ladies that are coming. We're even having space now for men that want to be, we need men 
Hey, if you're a man and you're listening, you want to be a counselor, please contact me. We need male counselors. We need men voices, not just women, men voices into the, into the lives of these young boys and young men that are broken. So, um, I hope that answers your question, but man, work on yourself so that you can, and then not feel less than when you empower others. Mm. No, you, you answered it. I think it's, it's great because I think it's like control the controllables. You've understood that you've been a fighter. You've understood that you've been faithful. And in all those things, God has blessed you to be the woman that you are today, the wife, right? The mother and the grandma, right? Like, like all that's there. And we just want to say, and I just want to say thank you for that. I mean, I've had the chance, you know, we had the chance to sit and we got to hear your guys' story, uh, you and your husband, like it, it was really amazing. And for me, I remember walking away from that, coming home and I was just like, wow, like there's some more work to be done because mm-hmm. I've seen like the beauty of what God can do to your point when we're aligned to each other. Yeah. So here's my last question, because I think that's a great segue. We, we are now in the midst of coming out of this pandemic, right? Yeah. God willing, uh, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for many, and I know you've, you, you know, and I know you know this, so domestic violence did rise. Yes. Right, during this pandemic, husband and wives or partners, right? Uh, they, it just went up. And yeah. I think for, for me, as, you know, many, many faith-based organizations, churches all around the nation and the world have mm-hmm. actually started to go back to church, right? And now we have these pastors. We don't know where they're at mentally, right? We don't know. I know some personal pastors of mine that are friends, colleagues that they've had a rough time mentally and that their relationship is not the best that it should be on right now. And it concerns me as we're now having the opportunity to be able to lead people again into a presence to God, uh, to be able to have community, right? There's just, there's beauty in that and seeing in the past few months that people have had done that safely. Thank you to all those organizations that have been safe about it. My concern though is those couples, right? How, like, why is it so vital to be aligned? I like that word that you said, right? Like being aligned to your husband, to your wife, why is it so important, especially now that we're getting out of this pandemic, that we still continually work on being aligned? Because mm-hmm. I feel that this pandemic, a lot of people got disaligned, right? Yeah. Like financial stress, you know, it, it's just, I get it. It's Zoom school stress, you know, with the kids and yeah. it's your turn, my turn. And it causes this like animosity. So what advice would you give to couples out there to just kind of stay aligned? So I don't, uh, so it's, it's, I see much like a chiropractor. Like, so, so like when there's so much tension on your shoulders or like in your back and things start coming out of whack, like you start sometimes even walking crooked and you start to overcompensate on one side and things are not flowing. So blood flow doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work very well when you're not aligned. It's very much so the same in any kind of relationship situation. The pandemic has 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 done that. Has had us walking crooked. <laughs> the blood's not flowing well. Like shoulders are cramped. Back is hurting. So I don't know if you've gone to a chiropractor. They adjust you, and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. it cracks your back. <laughs> they snap your neck, right? And it hurts, and it's painful. But then all of a sudden, everything flows so mm. well. So when you're coming out of this, and even if we don't. But this time, as you're hearing this, this is an opportunity for you to find that alignment, regardless if we if we go into another closure. Let's not wait until we go out. Let's start now. Let's start getting ourselves aligned because then we're building capacity for when we're out. Mm. Uh, 
So what do I do? So I start to look at, man, I'm having a lot of pain in this area like this. He is really frustrating me. So internal focus. That's like my biggest word. Look inside and find out for yourself. Ask yourself these questions. What about him or her is frustrating me so much? Rather than saying you frustrate me, ask yourself, why do I get frustrated? Why do I allow him or her to get me so angry? Okay, Because now it could be a compound of many things. It could be triggering you to something in your past. It could be some unresolved issue. Start asking yourself these questions. And as if you are intentional about asking those questions, that's the first step. It'll, it'll come to surface. The problem is that we don't slow down to take time for these questions. We just continue to the day to the day and we build up and build up and build up and all of a sudden it's going to explode. So decompress by asking yourself these questions. This is how you start to walk in this alignment just for yourself. You got to be aligned with yourself so that you then can be aligned with someone else. Because if you're misaligned and he's out of line and you come together, guess what? It's going to hurt and it's going to hurt bad. And so that's what we've been seeing. So ask yourself these questions. Internal focus. Focus on, man, I need to do what I have to do. I hear a lot of, well, it's just not fair. Well, what what measurement, what, what standard are you measuring that mm. to? Wow. Do your part. Yes. If we could all just do our part, be responsible for your reactions for your responses, for your attitude. That's the controllable. Control the controllable. You can't control spouse. You can't control children. That's why anxiety is rising because we want to control all of these uncontrollables. So guess what? Anxiety is off the roof because fear is off the roof. Okay, fear goes up, anxiety goes up. Why? Because I can't control all of these unknowns. You can control those things that you do know. And you do know yourself. You just may not have taken the time to look at what's not flowing right in you. So are there thoughts? Do I have fears? Ask yourself. And if you can't do that alone, find someone safe. And it doesn't have to be a counselor. It could be a safe friend, but a good friend that's going to correct you when your thinking is off. You don't want those friends to come along like, oh, that's, a, that's good. Keep thinking like that. You want those that are going to challenge your thinking. Because sometimes our thinking is off and it's just a slightly off and it can destroy everything. And if not, then go see a counselor and get yourself ready to then come together in unity for what the next is for your family. But if you don't do the individual work, don't expect that the marriage is going to fix it. Okay. The marriage could either highlight beauty or highlight disaster. Well taken and pointed. I, I love, I think I love that. And I think for me, I love the metaphor of the chiropractor. I think that's something that's really key. And I think a lot of times it is taking that internal. It, it, it starts with me, right? It starts with the individual. And I think that as we continue to navigate that, continue to find the pathway of what that, you know, restora restorative soul looks like, right? Um, creating, and I think he here's a key thing, right? And you said it, right, Dr. Tanya, that we need to create a rhythm. It's probably better than just once a week, like take bite-sized chunks right mm -hmm. and it's little by little as simple as you know there's a lot of apps out there like calm and stuff like that yeah. i've seen headspace where it's just like a two minute thing and yeah. and then you're done it's like check you know i just I'm, I'm reading this book called win the day by pastor mark batterson and he talks about this habit called fly the kite and it was like how do you create this masterpiece and one and one of the the sub habits to that was like you got to create what's called habit stacking 
So mm -hmm. you do these little things and when you put them all together, you zoom out and you've now created this masterful piece of the individual of who you are that now allows you to be able to come to the person that you're married to. So yeah. I, I really, really like how you presented that. And here, it, ladies and gentlemen, that's what it is, man. We got to put in our work. Yes. Like we have to, you know. Some, and just quickly before you finish, I getting into the rhythm and the practice or the habit of self-inventory, like before you go to sleep, Take a look at your day. Take a look at what you said, how people reacted. Like yesterday, my, my husband did this, you know, celebration. So before I went to bed, I thank God. I was like, wow, like I felt so overwhelmed with love. But I didn't just stop there. I said, hey, how did I like my interactions with my friends, my interactions with my family? You know, how did I feel? But I take a moment to do inventory. So if something is off, I can capture it there and work on it there, then just letting it pile up. And then all of a sudden, a month later, it comes out in an explosion. Because remember, those things that are suppressed are not forgotten. Those things that are suppressed are what the enemy will use later to blow up in your face. Okay? So you have to address those things that you want to heal. Mm. If you don't address it, you're going to repeat the pattern. So that's why inventory is important. How did I, what did I think? How am I feeling? Allow yourself to feel, but don't get stuck in the feelings. Because this generation is getting stuck in their feelings. Yeah. Why? Because they're lacking mental capacity. They are not looking to sharpen their brain. They're looking to sit in their feelings. This dynamic of the way our brain is formed, it starts from the bottom to the back of the neck up to the top here. So the emotional parts right in the middle, from the middle to the front, there's a pathway. This and we need our thoughts to get all the way to the front so we have reason and logic. Mm. Our generation is getting stuck in the middle of the brain because they don't want to do the extra work to get it to the front of the reasoning and the logic. They want to stay in, I feel, but I feel like this. Yes, your feelings are valid. Yeah. But let's yeah. look at these feelings. Are they dictating your life or is what you know dictating your life? Healthy, mature people. I'm not even saying adult, just people, because there's healthy, mature young adults and even teens now will will walk by what they know, not by what they feel. That is something that's really big. And I don't even go into another topic on this, but it's like the weekend is so good in getting you to sit in your feelings. Yeah. Right. But uh -huh. I will hope that the music of his will hopefully get people in his next album to get to the logical th side of it. Yeah. You know, but uh, man, that's so good. That's a sermon. You need a, that that's, a sermon. that's a sermon right there. And you, know, and you know what? Let me, let me leave and give you this. It's going to blow you away. What gets your thought process from the emotion to the frontal cortex is breathing. When we're in our feelings, we don't breathe. Our God designed our body so perfectly that breath <sighs> helps travel it all the way to the front, his breath in our lungs. And it goes all the way through, even through our brain. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wow. Okay. That, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Dr. Tanya Paniagua, thank you so much for this time. Ladies and gentlemen, take time to breathe mm -hmm. and let right. God take you to the front logic of your life. So yes. that you can make the reasonable thoughts and decisions to mm -hmm. always go forward. 
and we want to say thank you so much. How can people follow you? Where can they find more information of Better Life? Uh, how can they get a hold of you? Maybe if someone says, you know what, I need a session, you know, with Bread of Life. How can they reach out to you? Yeah, it's actually breath. Oh of my life. God, breath. breath. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because my last name is actually Bread. Fun, Iagua. So you were combining them. Good. <laughs> I, well, I was going to try to go Spanglish and I was thinking of your last name, but yes. oh, oh my God. I said breath. No. And All right. So, yes, so, well, breath yeah. of life. Breath of life. So How can they get a hold of you? Yes. Yeah, so if you want, you can visit us on our website. It's breathoflifefoundation.info. You can also um, call or text us at 949-236-7420. You can follow us on Instagram at Breath of Life Foundation or on Facebook. We're actually each month on social media, we have a theme. So this theme actually this month is all about fear, anxiety, and depression. We have a free webinar coming out, coming oh, nice. out on March 23rd. You'll get more information. You just sign up, you get a link. You can come in and hear about the psychological parts of anxiety and depression, the, we get live testimonies on that. And then I'll come in and share the spiritual aspect and we open it to questions and answers and just really building you. Um, so, so join us, follow us, you'll get tips. Um, and if you just need to chat with someone, we have counselors um, that are willing to do that. And again, it's my team and it's breathoflifefoundation.info. And we're here to serve you and to lead you to a place of hope and a place of thriving in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Dr. Tanya Paniagua. Foundation is Breath of Life. And I want to say happy one year anniversary for yes. your foundation. Yes. That God always will continually work with those that are aligned yes. and will still in a pandemic continue to deliver uh, some amazing work that you guys have done. And also Feliz Cumpleaños, that you Thanks. enjoy it for another year of just wisdom and just passion for what you do. And I just, you know, you know, to kind of close this out, what fuels your passion to heal them? What, I, what fuels is seeing them come out of being stuck. So I, I love to see people that are, are stuck or in bondage set free. I love it. And today, like my last session was that it finally clicked. She understood it. Mm. Like it was a, all the walls came down and she was in such a different place that that moment was fuel. That fuels my passion. I love that. And knowing that, that like, that we get to see that we get to walk with them. And that for me is <sighs> so good. That's and that's so good. I take that breath and I just say thank you because I, I get to experience people's freedom. Like I literally see like in a, a, an image of them coming like unchained. The shackles are being broken and they're able to walk in freedom because something shifted in their mind. Something was healed in their heart. There was an adjustment in their spirit and it even affects their physical body. Yeah, I told totally, you. It's all, yeah. all together. It's yeah. body, mind, and soul all together. All together. I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, una vez más, we want to say thank you so much, Dr. Tanya Paniagua. Thank you for taking the time to be able to just share with us your insights. And as you said, really your heart and your passion to be able to serve others and give us a glimpse of what it looks like. You know, I love the fact that she reminded us that we need to breathe. You know, a long time ago when I was doing jujitsu, I remember that one of the biggest things that as I understood how to like defend what it is to be a bully or a potential threat physically, 
But in order to be able to understand how to make the right decision, to make the right move, to be able to attain a certain position in defending myself, you know what was one of the biggest things that people told me? Noan, remember to breathe. I want you guys to be reminded of what Dr. Tanya told us. And I hope that you guys can take her up and really reach out to her and her organization. And maybe if you're not local here in California, you already know they have been serving internationally. And for all my fellas out there, you know that we need some of that mental health awareness as well. We need that counseling. If you are someone that has a heart to serve and this is something that you would love to do, please reach out to her. Again, Breath of Life Foundation, an amazing organization all around hope and heart, mind, body and spirit and always equipping others to do the same. Thank you to each and every one of our listeners for tuning into this episode. And more importantly, we hope that you can maybe take the time to share this episode. And I'm not really interested just for the algorithm. I want you to share this episode that you feel someone will get a benefit out of this or someone that you love that maybe needs this reminder or more importantly, a resource like this to lead them in the right direction. That's my only ask. We hope you can follow us on Instagram, check us out on YouTube. And also, if you want to be part of, you know, the Fio Pasión Familia, check us out. We do have a Patreon. I want to give a special shout out to Miguel, who is our first ever Patreon. I will say I didn't think it was going to happen, but uh, one month in and I'm super grateful for our first one. So one of the perks is I wanted to give a shout out. So Miguel, there's your shout out, man. I thank you so much for supporting and I hope that you continue to do your thing. And as always, we want to support you as well. So. Muchas gracias, la verdad. Y bueno, como siempre, ya saben, look, you know what fuels Dr. Tanya's heart, right? I hope that you know what fuels your pasión and your heart and mind, body, and soul in all that you do. Remember, there's so much cultura. We have our faith. Y como siempre, tenemos nuestras conexiones. Don't forget to always utilize each of those moments in your lives. Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Y hasta la próxima. Let us... I don't have a DJ, but I was going to say, hey, DJ, can you? We don't have a DJ, so we're out in three, two, one.